1: And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, T-minus, eight days until the NFL draft. What do you think you'll be doing this time next week, next Wednesday? Oh, well, uh, I'm sure I'll be
2: working on draft coverage. I mean, it's kind of started to ramp up a little bit here in the last few days lots of mock drafts and other draft related things going on so we're getting there and it'll get it'll get crazy here for a few days next week
1: it really feels like the the countdown is finally on it, it's that simultaneous feeling in in football where you're like when is this going to get here slash how is this here already <laughs> <Right>. it's that <laughs> that combo for the next week but uh lo and behold we'll have you Covered at ArrowheadPride.com, both on our podcast network and on our website. Ron Cop and the guys have been doing a tremendous job. Brian Stewart, Tal- Talon Graff, uh, has been doing a, a nice job profiling the, these guys for you at ArrowheadPride.com. And they'll be with us all of draft weekend. If you like the Arrowhead Pride podcast network, as we say each and every time, you can rate and review us on Apple iTunes. And we do have a review for this week, John, and the guy left his five stars, but he was a little disgruntled, for lack of better terms. Poor Rob, two six six six, sign of the devil. So there you go. Enjoy the show, but how slow does the news cycle have to be to spend multiple minutes debating Terrell Owens' ability to help the Chiefs? John, there <laughs> you go. Well, that's that's fair. I mean, yeah, Happy April. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got to keep it light, I, I think, sometimes. And Terrell Owens, to, or I guess I should say, for what it's worth, was not keeping it light. He was serious when he was saying it. Right, so right. I just thought it was uh, uh, something funny to talk about. We'll always try to talk about anything, Chiefs, especially in the off season. I mean, th- this is the time for stories like that to, to break through because it is a little bit slower when it comes to the actual news of the team. That, of course... Uh, changed this week when the team finally got together. We did have a, a media uh, appearance by Andy Reed and Nicole Hardman and Nick Bolton and Patrick Mahomes. And these guys got to talk to us via zoom. So we're going to be going over the news clippings. No Terrell Owens this week. What, what was your name? Rob two six, six, six. So you don't have to worry about that. We do have some legitimate news from uh, this current version of the Kansas City chiefs, the current chiefs players. We also have some of our big time or our, I, I should say our, our, quotes from the presser that should be emphasized we'll go over that in segment two and then we'll take a quick look around the mock draft trends john you've been on that beat for us since the get-go really here so we'll we'll put a button or put a bow on that as we look forward to what will be draft week next week but let's start here with the the news so we have some stories that came from the press conference we're not going to play the sound but they felt like some of the bigger stories we have uh just the topics here to to talk about first things first the chiefs players and coaches got back to work on Monday. This is the start of off season programming, which can be a little bit confusing, especially for the casual fan who hasn't heard about this before. There's three phases, phase one, phase two, phase three. A lot of it is voluntary. There's 10 voluntary workouts. This right now is a working out period where they're not necessarily on the field, but they are. We'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> and then it goes to phase two and phase three, and, it, and it's a ramp up, and then you get that there's only three mandatory days uh, that uh, the team has to be at, players have to be at, as per the collective bargaining agreement. But as you'll see with the Kansas City Chiefs, John, the attendance is usually pretty good for them throughout voluntary, only few and far between have you really seen, even the in the Alex Smith era where maybe it was a contract, maybe a guy just was doing his own thing. But the attendance, to Andy Reid's credit, throughout the years has been really good, even in these voluntary workouts.
2: Right. Well, and part of that is that the Chiefs have made it so. They are among the teams that have the most, the highest percentage of players with workout bonuses in their contracts. So that, that works in their favor of getting these guys in. But I think also uh, they've chosen to do it virtually this year. And I would tend to think that that would improve attendance. You know, if you can go to the meeting by sitting at home in your underwear or however you choose to to do virtual
1: meetings. That's how we're doing podcasting right now.
2: That's right. Uh, I'm not wearing any pants. I don't know about you. See,
1: that's why we have the cameras belt up (laughs) for podcast. And hopefully the Chiefs are doing the same thing with their Zoom.
2: Right. But if you've got that opportunity, uh, I think there would be times that players would participate in that. Uh, rather than show up at the facility, uh, on a daily basis, just to go to meetings. I, I I think that's a smart move on the part of the chiefs. And one of the things that we're going to see, I think as a permanent feature of, of NFL off seasons.
1: This is, it, it feels unique what the Chiefs are doing. We're going to get into it in a second, but just to go over some dates for you guys, if you're really wondering when your Chiefs will be uh, proactive here on the field, the Chiefs had said their post draft rookie minicamp will take place May 7th to 9th. So that's two weekends from now. There will be three weeks of OTAs May 25, 26, <clears throat> May 31 to June 2, and then June 7th to June 10th. Mandatory mini camp will be June 14th to 16th. And then as a, I've said a lot of times that's when really the true offseason begins they leave the players alone for about six or seven weeks it, it is barren for news but I'm, i keep going back to rob 2666 <laughs> plenty of Terrell and stories during that period because we're just waiting for <laughs> training camp to begin with these previews and, and such but uh there is a, a i would say a flurry of activity from now until then uh, really beginning last monday and then with the nfl draft but let's get back to the point that you made and this has been a story I think that's transcended Kansas City in a way with mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy was even mentioned here. Of there is a a new style that they're working with, and uh, I, I was really interested in this because Andy Reid quite over quite typically over the years has just been very tied to his routine, and this was a a departure from that. Mm-hmm. What happened is Patrick Mahomes realized okay. Tyreek Hill's in Miami. Did you see that clip, by the way, John, of Tyreek Hill in Miami? Yes, I saw which, a picture
2: right? of it. I didn't bother to look at the clip, but I did weird. see it. It was out there. Yeah. You know,
1: he, he was only with the Chiefs since 2016, which is still a fairly younger player, but still passes the wow, this player looks weird in that jersey test. Uh, if, yeah. If, if, if yeah. you are a diehard Chiefs fan and you want to throw up, get, hit Twitter and, and take a look at Tyreek Hill in a in a Dolphins uniform. But back to my original point. So Tyreek Hill's in the Miami Dolphins. Patrick Mahomes realizes, look, I got to get a rapport with some of these these new players. You have Juju Smith-Schuster. You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I know Ronald Jones was in that mix. Uh, some of the younger guys that he still wants to develop a rapport with. He said, I, I'm going to get these guys down to Tyler, Texas. That's where he goes in the offseason. He's a guy from Texas. That's where he spends his off seasons. He works with Bobby Stroop. That's where his family is. Anyway, that's where he is. So it sounds like... Mahomes talked with Andy and Andy talked with Eric and everyone was kumbayaing on this. And they said, <laughs> look, in Kansas City, and this goes back to phase one, as part of the rules, we can't coach you on the field anyway. Why not have this little retreat? We know that Andy Reid really likes the St. Joseph retreat, of uh, having them eat in the dorms. They, it's mm-hmm. the famous story that we tell every year on AP where they're in the dorms, nobody likes it. They're uncomfortable. They're getting to have this camaraderie because there's nothing to do uh, on the campus of Missouri Western State University. That's by design. Andy Reid really likes it. So Andy Reid, I think, saw this opportunity, says, okay, you know, our offensive coaching staff can't be on the field with you guys anyway. Why don't you go down to, to Texas? It'll be more fun. No adults. Come on. You don't have any, any adults here. <laughs> you guys can go do what you want to an extent, right? Patrick's going to watch you and throw with these guys and put them through work or, uh, workouts. And this hasn't been confirmed, but I it sounds like Mahomes' trainer, and and we've seen different Chiefs and clips with him, maybe help some of these guys if they want it. Some of them have their own trainers that go down with them. And it's this mini training camp, which you know it it is only April 20th as we're recording here about 10.46 in the morning, but it does give the Chiefs a little bit of a jump, I think, on the rest of the league and and at a time when they need it because of all the new faces. And it extends, and, and this is something that Hardman said, this camp extends to basic terminology. So rather than Juju and Marquez walking in in May and not knowing a damn thing, they're already mm-hmm. getting yeah. X amount of throws with Mahomes and getting that basic terminology of a really complicated Andy Reid playbook down. And, and it seems like a, it's a huge benefit, John.
2: Right, I would agree. And I think that the, uh, uh, the thing about the rules is an important point because, uh, you know, you're not supposed to be on the, f- the field working with these guys. Well, you're not going to slip up and go out on the field and get caught doing it if they're in Texas and you're right. in Kansas City. I mean, it just virtually guarantees right. there's going to be, gonna clearer, be no problems play- about that. These yeah.
1: players in Texas are popping on Zoom to meet mm-hmm. with the offensive coaching staff, just to be clear. Right, right.
2: But they but there's no way the coaches can be on the field and do something they're not <laughs> supposed to do. When, a
1: doppelganger.
2: Right when they yeah, when they're down in I'm Texas. Texas
3: Matt
1: Nagy and then you're going <laughs> to put you guys through a couple exercises here. Uh, but you no, know what yeah, struck you know me
2: about you know what struck me about this though is that late in his career, uh Peyton Manning was basically just left in control of the offense. Mm. And this, you know, now what is it Mahomes sixth year now? So I have to stop and do the math on that, count it on my fingers, but he's still F- 50, it's still fairly early. Sixth
1: year, fifth year as starter, yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's still fairly early in his career. And they're already handing over the reins to the offense to him, which I think says a lot about uh, not only Mahomes, but, but also about Andy Reid and how much he trusts the guy. So I, I think that's an interesting aspect of this, is that they trust him enough to be the babysitter, as you put it, uh, with no adults in the room down in Texas, and uh, figure out the way to, to get these guys jump-started on the, the offensive scheme and the offensive routine. I think it's fantastic. I, I just I'm
1: really pleased that it's playing out this way. One thing that Mahomes also said too and he emphasizes, he's like, I get to eat lunch with these guys. It's not right. just the on the field thing. And that that's mm-hmm. that camaraderie thing. And I think it it's a bigger thing than maybe we give it credit for in the sense that and, and it lends to your point, John, that Andy Reid's not gonna last forever here. Patrick Mahomes is gonna outlast Andy Reed. And you could see that there's a lot of the Reed style of doing things that has Mm -hmm. entered the Patrick Mahomes psyche. And when Andy Reed is done, as far as we know him and Veach are tied to the chiefs till 25. So, you know, if he, he, he does that contract, you're looking at 22, 23, 24, 25, that's four more seasons. Mahomes is already running his own camp. At that point, he'll have 10 years, presumably right. If everything is fine. Under Andy Reid, and so, no matter who the coach is, I've I've said before, I if everything goes right, I I think it might be Nagy, but no matter who the coach is, you, you're going to be feeling pretty good about Mahomes with anyone at that point because he could almost run the ship himself, and you kind of saw that with Tom Brady at the end of his career with Bruce Arians, and and, and going down there and and them kind of having more of this adult adult relationship than like teacher um, student in, in a sense, and so I I you know partnership I, I should say more than like mentorship um anyway that that's a lot to do with camp pat down in in texas <laughs> uh what about the defense well on a side note uh, nick bolton and andy reed said that the defense is also working out nick bolton had mentioned there have been a handful of activities that the that the team had done where a few of these guys got together in what was i believe it was arizona I think and then, that's right. Yeah. sounds like the defensive guys are popping around the facility a little bit more of a traditional phase one uh, for them um, not not all that surprising uh, Steve Spagnolo, I, I know is a guy that likes to have his guys in front of him and and get his hands on them in, in a sense in the classroom and so uh, Bolton I thought really he had a nice press conference we're not going to play any sound from him John but you know you you listen to this one as well and and you could tell that he's really grabbing this opportunity by the horns with Anthony Hitchens moving on and and Bolton saying the right things when it says look you know this is our middle of the defense now him and and Willie gay mm-hmm Right. I I think we're
2: going to see a lot more uh, production out of Bolton this year. And I think we're going to see uh, that he can actually lead the defense the way that Hitchens did. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I've made this point before that I think the Chiefs were a lot higher on Hitchens than fans were, who were only looking at, you know, his speed and his tackles and that kind of thing. But I, I think that his leadership had a lot to do with how the defense turned around. Um, after the 2018 season with Spagnolo as the coordinator. So uh, I think uh, they wanted to be sure that Bolton would be ready to go, and I think allowing Hitchens to walk is the indicator that they believe he is. So I, I think we're going to see some some good stuff from Bolton this year.
1: The way that Bolton sounded when he was talking about Hitchens, it, it, it sounded like he wasn't closing the door necessarily on Hitchens mm-hmm. making his way back to Kansas City. What I'd say is that rarely happens. I wouldn't say it's completely impossible. He's still lingering out there. But it would have to, I think, be a signing maybe after the draft when these other teams will be looking at him and he won't factor into the comp formula. Uh, And then the Chiefs would have to at least match that. And I think, to your point, he would have to almost agree to a reversal of role, like a secondary role. Mm -hmm. Because I think it became clear... At the end of last year, Bolton had to be on the field. I don't. I know that Spags, uh, for a long time last year, just didn't want to do it. He was a rotational player that led the team in tackles by thirty, and mm-hmm. it, I think goes back to the loyalty of that Spags had with with Hitch. But you know, I, you never say never. But it, it feels like Hitch will be with another team. But I, it remains something to watch. I just thought it was interesting that Bolton said he's talking to Hitch every month and just wasn't right. closing the door in Kansas City. That that you know, something popped in my mind, like maybe we should at least keep an eye on that situation.
2: Well, what that indicates also though, is even if he doesn't come back to the team, he and Bolton are still going to be talking. And uh, when Bolton has problems that he needs to figure out, you know, if he needs advice from a mentor, that door to Hitchens is open. And I think that's terrific. Um, You know, it it, will be harder, of course, if Hitchens ends up on another squad, which is always a possibility, but even if uh, he even if he doesn't and doesn't come back to Kansas City, I think that he and Bolton are going to continue to talk. And I think that's a good thing.
1: Right. I, I agree. It's the The mentorship there continues and he's he's got big shoes to fill in what will be just his his second year in the league. The um, Chiefs rookie of the year there. Um, all right. Let's move on to Chiefs and and they're keeping Patrick Mahomes entire and, Ty- and Travis Kelsey aware of the, the Tyree kill stuff. We've talked about this a little bit before. Uh, the, the Kelsey part of this, this was new. We knew that the Chiefs were keeping Patrick Mahomes in the loop about this monumental trade that they made with sending Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for the, the five draft picks. But Travis Kelsey also kept in the loop. And, you know, as I'm writing this story for our site uh, this week, John, I you know, it, it's crazy to think about that Kelsey's is the only guy left of – Andy Reid and in, in the era. And he's been here since 13. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, he is really football old uh, at this point, but just such a pillar of the organization. And to his credit, uh, Kelsey now, you remember when Kelsey signed his extension and our guy, Joel Corey, who does a great job, is like, what is this guy doing? He's taking far less money than he would make on the open market uh, because he wanted to stay with the Chiefs. That that mm-hmm. that differentiates uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I don't blame Tyreek Hill for wanting to go to Miami party in the city when the heat is on all night on the beach, the break at dawn, weather's great. He's got his family down there. He considers it home. He, he got to be the highest paid receiver in the league, whatever I get it. Kelsey wanted to stay with Mahomes and he wanted to be a chief. So he took a deal that was going to keep him in Kansas city and not even give them a question. Hill didn't do that. So I think you're seeing Kelsey get quarterback respect in a, in a chiefs organization that you just don't see elsewhere. Unless it's a very particular situation, um, and, and I think that's cool. I think it was just a very cool wrinkle to know that Kelsey was also involved in this mix of, of trading Tyree and really smart uh, again by the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Well, yes. And, and I, I think that's a good way to put it, uh, you know, near quarterback level respect, uh, for the tight end, but you know, Kelsey has earned this, right. You know, I, I think he's, he's well on the way to being the greatest tight end in NFL history. Um, and he's got a big hill to climb. Uh, to to reach okay. that pinnacle. Take but, it easy uh, there,
1: John. I see. Yeah, what you're
2: well, doing. but uh, but I mean, you know, yes, he's not gonna. He's probably not gonna put up the career stats that Gonzalez did in in terms of counting stats. But I think you can easily argue that he's been a more effective tight end during his best seasons than than Gonzalez was. I think you can mm-hmm. make that argument, and so I think he's going to be in that conversation, whether or not he ever exceeds. Uh, the counting stats record of of Gonzalez, who had a very, very long career. I mean, that's certainly part of the equation. I don't know if Travis Kelsey will get that far. But uh, certainly in terms of his uh, effect on the team, especially since Mahomes has been in town, he's been spectacular. He's earned that respect from the organization, not only uh, in the way that he's uh, approached his business about contracts, as you mentioned, but also in the way he's played. So it's not at all surprising to me that the team would want to, you know, have him be in the loop on this kind of stuff because he's also one of the leaders of the team, which is Mm -hmm. a funny thing to say when you consider that, you know, early in his career, we were concerned that this guy was never going to mature and be a a top quality player. And yet he's turned out to be amazing.
1: Travis Um, Kelsey once said that the ref couldn't work at Foot Locker.
4: That was (laughs) such a good dig.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I believe he got fined for that one. Like Mahomes, uh, Kelsey uh, again is a is a real tenured tenured guy. Here has taken these um, contracts. I would say these contract details where it's allowing the team to surround them uh, with talent, and also like Mahomes, Kelsey has said that he wants to play seemingly till his body breaks down. You know the Peyton Manning style of of play, (laughs) which should be music to the the ears of Chiefs fans, becomes a little weird sometimes when you know these players still want to play and. You know, maybe the organization at a certain point has to move on. I don't think it, Kelsey's anywhere there. I think this is a grand opportunity for him to have a monster season in in the sense of I think they're going to draft a receiver, right? So that's another body to feed. But just as far as even, you know, you, even you take the top receiver, let's say that's Jameson Williams, right? Kelsey can still put up 1600 yards because I just think he's going to be the he's the focal point now. Uh, I think it's a little bit more of an intermediate uh, a strategic balanced attack. And Kelsey should be getting 10 targets a week uh, and until, um, you know, it's it becomes clear that the attention is on him. And then these other guys are going to have to step up. So I, I just think, you know, he could have his best season yet. And I, his body's got to hold up. What is he going to be, 33? So, you know, we'll see if that's the case. But uh, I, I'm, I'm eager to see what his final numbers are considering the 17 games and you take 159 targets in. Hill out of that mix. You also take another hundred when it comes to Pringle and Robinson. Yes, the whole offense has to eat, uh, as they say. But I, I just think the the sky is the limit when it comes to Kelsey in, in the year 2022.
2: Well, he'll certainly be the reliable target uh, in Mahomes' yeah. vision now. You know, um, so it may it may not be a good thing. It may be that he'll get too many targets, uh, but it, when that happens, then teams will have to pay attention to maybe, him, and that should open up other opportunities. Maybe
1: now they'll, the the anti Bengal will start happening, the cheating up, and we just, you know you just send MVS down the field, the bomb, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you know you work it that way. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, um, I don't know if the Chiefs' offense is going to be as good. Probably not going to be as explosive. Certainly going to be different, which makes for Mm -hmm. interesting stories for us at AP, which is good. Uh, Some notable friend, old friend movement around the league. Uh, Tyron Matthews still is lingering. We're not going to continue to just mash on this dead horse, beat on this dead horse. He's he's still with no team. Um, But we do have some news on Sammy Watkins, where Marquez Valdez-Scantling left the Packers and came to the Chiefs. They replaced him with Sammy Watkins. A little non-Chief stuff here. I don't know what the Packers are doing with wide receiver. Their best receiver on their team right now is Sammy Watkins. They traded Devontae Adams. Marquez is not there. And uh, if you can put your your mind in the head of a Packers fan right now as a Chiefs fan, and he, imagine if your best receiver on your team was Sammy Watkins. That is a scary, scary situation in Green Bay. I don't know how they're going to win football games. You know, It's really going to test the court. You know, we're talking about Mahomes being tested now without Tyree Kill. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I don't know what their plan is, but good luck to Sammy Watkins. He gets, gets the one-year deal. Never really worked out uh, for the long term in Kansas City. He did have a key playoff stretch that led to a, a title, but everyone knows the story with him. Can't stay healthy, but he, he does land with this NFC team now, and we'll see what he can do with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think that's the oddest story of the offseason.
2: You know, there was all this about Aaron Rodgers being, unha- being unhappy because they weren't investing in weapons for him uh, to, to to throw to. And then they he signs a deal, apparently, with the knowledge that they were about to trade his number one target to another right. team. And they've really done nothing now. Of course, they could draft some you know they could they were going to be in play for a, a top wide receiver in the draft they could end up getting a a, a young stud who could be really good under Rodgers but uh but right now you got to wonder what Aaron Rodgers was thinking why when he went ahead and signed that big deal with the Packers i, I if 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 what he was saying before was accurate you got to mm-hmm. wonder what he was thinking but you know
1: we we what, what do i
2: know i'm not not a Packers fan
1: <laughs> Where it does relate to the Kansas City Chiefs is this. So let's re- re- read the receivers here on Green Bay. Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Jawan Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Amari Rodgers, right? The The Green Bay Packers are picking 22 and 28. The Chiefs need a receiver. The Chiefs have 29 and 30. So you got to think if you want the receiver of your choosing, you got to get up to 21 before the mm-hmm. Packers go. Right. Because uh, they're definitely going to take your guy at that point. They're going to have two shots to do so. If they go in another direction, which how do you even do it if you're the Packers? But if they go in another action, direction at 22, then you could trade up to 27 again ahead of them with uh, the Bucs um, and get to 27. And then you're, you're not really forfeiting that many picks because you're only moving up to two spots at that point. So, of course, that, the
2: Packers me- have two first round picks. Also, they also have the ability to move up and get their guy. Uh, as a lot of people think the Chiefs want to do. So, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting.
1: There's other teams uh, that need receivers in that mix as, as well. Um, and so, you know, we'll see how it goes. The Saints uh, are one of them, and everyone has, you know, picks ahead of the Chiefs. It's nice to have two first-rounders, but it's, it's less of a luxury when they're coming at 29 uh, and 30 there. Uh, we mentioned Sammy Watkins to the Packers and how that impacts the Chiefs for the draft. Stefan Gilmore, uh, will not be coming to the Chiefs. He goes to the an AFC foe of sorts, and I think more of a foe this year now that they have a legitimate quarterback in Matt Ryan. He, he goes to the Indianapolis Colts. And I know the Chiefs have had reports of, of not being interested in James Bradbury. I think it's important to clarify here with Gilmore going to the Colts. It's for that $13 million. The Chiefs had some interest maybe in Bradbury if they were able to work out that contract, and the Giants have not been able to trade him. So I think that still remains something to be watched as the draft weekend begins, maybe the Giants change their tune. Maybe there's a way to, to get that cap number down. But Gilmore, uh, not coming to the Chiefs, goes to the Colts for for a good contract. And, and you can understand why the Chiefs were not willing to, to pay this one, John.
2: Sure, that's a lot of money for a team that's that's pretty strapped on cap space. What are the, when we have like 14.5 million, I think at this point, uh, that, that would have been a big chunk of it to give up uh, for a player the that year, is, so it was the end of the his career. Two-year yeah.
1: deal, base of twenty million, max of 10.5 guaranteed, fourteen million in total guarantees. So, I, you know, you can understand why the Chiefs good didn't do it. But you didn't. The, the, he hasn't been effective and healthy in two two seasons either. I mean, he's a right. former defensive right. player of the year, but he's he's just been dealing with injuries. So it's just a lot of money. And the Chiefs have been trying to save cap where they can. So, right. So we'll yeah, see. they have been they have to address the cornerback in some way. Maybe they, they go and throw some more bodies of it uh, at it after the, the NFL draft. All right. When we come back, we're going to play some presser sounds from you. You can listen to the full press and from the podium. If you want to go back and listen to the full one, we're going to break down some of the, the news and notes that we got, the, the key nuggets right here. Coming up next on the Arrowhead pride editor show.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. We're just eight days uh, away from the NFL draft. Uh, we're revved up. We're ready to go. The Chiefs have a ton of picks, 12 picks, um, tied for most picks in the, in, in the league. And so we'll see what they do with them. The Chiefs started their off-season program on Monday. We got our first opportunity to talk to Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, and the first notes. And we're going to play these back to back, Steve. So we're going to hear his updates on Lucas Niang, who had the injury last year that cost him his season, and then Chris Jones, who was dealing with a lingering wrist injury uh, all of last year. Here are the updates from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid.
4: Yeah, so Lucas is on a nice job
1: rehabbing,
4: and um, I we've you know rick has stayed on top of that part um and we'll we'll just see i don't want to put a date on it herbie but you know we'll just see where it goes um once we get back into uh, these next two phase next two phases after phase one um and we'll see where he where you know his progress as he goes forward there yeah he's been in you know he's been in the whole time here uh lifting so he um so he he's uh i think he's feeling pretty good um he'll be ready to go i think
1: so less of a, a commitment on what's happening with niang not trying to promise a week one or whatever i guess if he was fully healthy he would be in line to be the right tackle at this stage good news on jones it does seem like chris jones should be back to 100 percent. remember they had to shut him down and then he was effective, but you'd know you you'd like when he comes into it uh, 100%. So Niang, more of a question. Jones feeling good. You, the more important of the two players is the one that's feeling good. And I think you try to remain optimistic on Niang.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think people were, were unhappy that uh, Reed wasn't more forthcoming. And I think that's fair because we really have had very little idea about what's been going on with Nang, Niang. Yeah. And um, so I understand why people are frustrated, but it may also be that they just don't really know yet. Um, Reed, as always, talked about, you know, seeing how he would do when they got him on the field and saw him moving around. And that'll tell him a lot more. I think part of it, too, is that um, Jones has been in the facility more is, is what it sounded like to me, is that Reed knew more about what Jones was where Jones was because Jones has been working out in the facility every day. Maybe Niang hasn't been, uh, for whatever reason, maybe prefers to work out at home with his trainer or whatever. So, um, I know people are frustrated about this, but, uh, we'll just have to see how it plays out. There's, I think plenty of indication that he can be an effective player if he's healthy. So then the question is, is he healthy? And we'll just have to see
1: brutal on the yank because he would be penciled in as the right tackle i mean it would have been p- mm-hmm. postseason and he would be starting you know there this year and, and now you, you got to think with 12 picks even with trades they're going to throw another tackle at that room and we'll see you know you have you have uh uh, uh someone like uh, nick allegretti popping around there as well uh let's continue with uh, the patrick mahomes sound now from monday just talking about McCole Hardman. McCole Hardman now has become the elder statesman in the wide receiver room. (laughs) Here you'll hear Patrick Mahomes first, talking about the expectations for Hardman. And then uh, this was something that I asked. Hardman not really considering the Tyreek Hill trade bittersweet. Wasn't willing to go that far, uh, but really excited for the opportunity. Here's Patrick Mahomes uh, and then McCole Hardman.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think um, whenever McCole's gotten opportunities in this offense, even if it's even when Tyreek would have to go out and then he would come in and run the routes of Tyreek Grant, he made plays happen. Um, he made a lot of big plays and big moments, especially at the end of last season. Um, and so for me, it's just continue to be himself. I mean, he doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill. I mean, he has to be McCole Hardman and I think McCole Hardman can be a, a a great player in this offense. He's made a pro Bowl already and I think he can keep getting better and better. So, um, everybody kind of puts that thing of, Hey, he's got to replace Tyreek. I think he can be his own player, which is going to be a pro bowler and a great player in this offense as well. So, uh, I think just him continue to evolve and and, and play hard and practice hard, uh he'll be have a have a great season this year. I wanna say bittersweet. I think um ultimately I would love for him to be back on the team. Like, you know, um uh, somebody like that you would want on your team. Um he, he brings a lot, you know, to the game and a lot that the defense gotta prepare for. Um so I think that's definitely a a hit for sure, you know. Um, but the for the rest of your question, um I wouldn't say it's like the time I've been waiting for is more so is the opportunity is bigger, if that makes sense. Like I'm, I think I'm a, that's the word I'm going to say is the opportunity is bigger. Um, so, but that's just up to, you know, the coaches and, and the coaching staff to to really, you know, see how they want to use me in that role or how, how they want to use me this year. And, um, but it's up to me to be prepared for that and, and just get better each and every day. And so however they want to do everything and I'll be ready for it. So,
1: so this is it, right? Um, This is the contract year uh, for McColl. It's a it does feel like a now or never thing. And you like the motivation that that he has also taking it in stride. I I think there was some and you could kind of hear it in his voice like, yo, I know that Tyree kills in Miami now, but everybody chill. I don't (laughs) I I asked for the spotlight all last year, (laughs) but now that it's on me, let's back off a little bit uh but I, I think you know he's trying to keep a good headspace about it but this is mm-hmm. a grand opportunity and you know i keep saying it. i think i expect him to draft a wide receiver even drafting a wide receiver this is hardman's show now it both mm-hmm. as maybe a wide back could be like a wide receiver one maybe they can use him in a variety of ways and he could really press the chiefs to pay him or he can make a lot of money Th- this i call these like happy lottery tickets right because john you and i right we go out and we buy a lottery ticket. We have one in a five billion freaking chance of hitting this lottery. <laughs> what he has in his hands, if he works out, does the right things, goes for a thousand yards, maybe fifteen hundred. When you talk about scrimmage yards, just depending on how the Chiefs use him, what he has in his hands is a one in, you know, whatever percentage hundred millions of dollars lottery ticket. It's it's a it's a really special lottery ticket that he has in his hands. And I like the attitude in, initially here. I know I know it's all zoom press conference and players speak to an extent, but I, I liked his attitude.
2: Yeah, me too. Um, you would expect an NFL player to be, you know, trumpeting the fact that it's all about me now. I've been waiting right. for this opportunity. I want to get out there. I'm going to show people what I can do. And instead he's like, well, we'll see what the coaches have in mind. I thought it was, I thought it was a very interesting, uh, thing for him to say there that, uh, he doesn't really know exactly what his role is going to be, and he's going to let the coaches decide what that is. I'm sure part of that um comes from spending these years behind Tyreek Hill on the depth chart uh, right. and he's learned not to have too many expectations about things. but I also think it's you know shows some maturity on Hardman's part that you know at the end of the day he's still got to be a team player. And uh, there will be other receivers who come in. And, and the only thing that matters is that the team succeeds, which I think was also uh, an interesting thing about what he said uh, during this conference was that, you know, I wish we could have Tyreek back, you know, okay. even though, even though I would get fewer opportunities, he's a guy that makes a difference for our team. And I, that said a lot to me as well.
1: I, you did lose me for a second because you said at the end of the day, He's got to be a team player and it's about the success of a team. I thought I was talking to Eric the enemy all of a sudden. <laughs> <with that
2: quote. laughs>
1: well, I really I've
2: listened really, to a lot of those press conferences.
1: <laughs> really quickly before we move on to the final sound here that we found interesting from this this presser. Way too early prediction. Give me receiving yards, rushing yards and total touchdowns for Hardman this year and I'll, then I'll go.
2: Hmm. I think he'll break a thousand. A thousand uh, receiving. 80- yeah, thousand yards receiving and then a couple hundred yards rushing. I don't know, okay. eight or ten
1: touchdowns. I'm gonna go eleven hundred receiving. Yeah. I'm gonna go three fifty rushing, and I'm gonna go eight total touchdowns from a cole Hardman. Big numbers. Draft him in fantasy. Fantasy mm-hmm. players. You heard it here first. Okay. Uh last sound here. This is from Patrick Mahomes. And I, I wanted to play this one for you. First Patrick Mahomes and then Andy Reid. Both were asked about the size of Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling because Marquez, uh, the guy's a giant. He's six four. Uh, Juju's six one. These are bigger receivers than Mahomes has really had to play with. We've been talking about them getting one of these big receivers for a while now. They ended up getting two. Uh, and differing opinions from Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And and I'm going to play them back-to-back, and you'll hear what I mean.
3: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that you see is, as I've thrown to all these guys, really, um, is that we have a lot of size in that receiving room that we haven't necessarily had in the past. Uh, We've done it different ways with speed and and, uh, beating guys deep and stuff like that. But to have big physical receivers that can still run, that can still uh, catch the ball over the top, but at the same time, there's been balls I've even thrown – while we're throwing uh, just kind of out there routes on air type stuff. And I'm throwing it high thinking it's an overthrow and those guys are catching it easy. So uh, just having that size, I think will be different. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be uh, uh, something that we can be very useful for us during the season.
4: I don't know if necessarily we had to get bigger
3: with well, These guys are bigger. Um, so you're going to utilize
4: some of the things that you can do with a, a little bit bigger guy um, that we're fortunate that, they have speed, athletic ability, and and size. So you try to take those redeeming qualities and exploit them the best you can, and you know that's what we'll do. Um, it, it ends up being a little different flair though than what we maybe have had in the past.
1: All right, so you hear, you hear that, what I'm saying there, John, Andy Reid's like we don't care about their size. Mahomes is like. I've been waiting for guys like this forever. <laughs> you know, like, where, where have these guys been? Um, and, and I, I get it, I, you know, as great as Tyree kill is, and one of the elite trackers underrated part of his mm-hmm. game absolutely uh, in the NFL, sometimes you just need to be taller. Right. And mm-hmm. it's a bigger target. And what I think is, really interesting about Marquez more than Juju and, and less of a name to me than Juju. Juju, I think, you know, and I think the TikTok has stuff to do with that, but to be that tall and to be a four, three, seven receiver, how is he not as effective in green Bay? Uh, now you're giving him to Andy Reid. I don't know. There's something about Valdez scantling that gets me going. Like I could see the chiefs taking this player that the Packers couldn't do anything with no offense to Matt, LeFleur, but taking him and, <laughs> Just being able to allow him to finally break out. He hasn't had more than 700 yards in four years. I, I got it. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to dish out all these yards because then you get in trouble because you run out of yards, but I, I got to think he'll have the most <laughs> yards he's ever had in Kansas City. I think that's fair.
2: Um, and, and, you know, and he had to play behind a premier receiver too. He's kind of had the problem that McCole Hardman has had in Kansas City. Uh, that he's had to play behind a a big-name receiver who got a lot of targets from the quarterback. And uh, so, you know, I I get why he might be in a position to to improve on that in Kansas City, and that's another reason to be happy that he's down in Texas uh, building some chemistry with Patrick Mahomes both on and off the field, because I think that's going to help him uh, do precisely that.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and again, uh, we want to remind fans this, and this was important to, to the young man, say Marquez. It's not Marquez. Right. Marquez, right. Uh, Valdez, Scantling. And I, I, I'm interested in seeing you know, how the Chiefs use him. I, I, like I said, I really think it's going to be a balanced attack, one that will really feature him taking the top off the defense in, in a number uh, of different ways. So there you have it. I want to, again, pump from the podium – Steve does a great job with us behind the scenes in making sure that these press conferences get to your podcast feed. So if you just want to listen to the press conferences directly from the source, without us yapping away, go to, from the podium. (laughs) Also, I will note here too, that uh, chief GM Brett Veach is currently scheduled to speak on Friday around midday. And I know Steve will be right on it. Um, And we will get that up on the podcast feed for what would be lunchtime, in Kansas city on Friday. So if you want to hear Brett Feach the, the full uncut version of us uh, yapping and asking him questions, that'll be up on Friday, by the way, I know you're going to be upset about this, but it's finally back in person. So this luxury of hearing us ask questions is, is <laughs> disappearing unless the, the chiefs end up putting mics. So it's not going to be our fault, uh, but you may not necessarily hear all the questions unless we're shouting uh, when we get there to the facility on Friday. So again, from the podium, Catch that uh, press conference on on your feed right now uh, from Monday and look forward to the one on Friday. When we come back, we'll take a quick look at some mock trends. John, you've been on this and then we will get to our Twitter poll for the day and we'll wrap this thing up. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Editors Show. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. Draft season is upon us. We're almost there at the NFL Draft. Eight days away, so we will have a lot of new Chiefs this time two weeks from now, uh, breaking them down. I tend to think it'll be seven or eight players out of these 12 picks. Fred Beach is known to be be very aggressive when it comes to the NFL Draft. He's never had this much ammo to go and trade up for players that he wants. So we will see. When it comes to the draft, John, I'll, I'll let you take it away here. What have the most recent mock trends been for the Kansas City Chiefs? How have they changed? What are, you, what are you seeing when it comes to that? Yeah, this season I decided to do
2: something we've never done before, which is to keep track of the mock drafts we've covered uh, from national writers on ArrowheadPride.com. Obviously, we, we cover a lot of these during the off season. It's a slow time. It uh, gets people an opportunity to see what other people are thinking around the country about what the Chiefs might do. Uh, sometimes they don't really have a clue, and they're just guessing. As is made clear by a lot of these mock drafts that we see, but some of these people have a good idea of what they're talking about, and it's interesting to see uh, how the players they select for the Chiefs change uh, over the course of the off season. Back when we started this year, uh, you know, the mock draft started dropping in December, um, and in the the first part of it, uh, we saw uh, mostly secondary players and edge rushers being taken about uh, 36% each. Wide outs, 19%. Uh, those were the, the big positions being uh, covered in the mock drafts. And it's kind of interesting to me that, that at that point, before the Tyreek Hill trade, uh, that still one in five of these guys were picking wide receivers for the Chiefs. I think that's a, a perception that offense is the most important thing uh, from uh, people outside the organization, that's what they see is that Andy Reid's always going to be looking for those receivers. But since the trade, two things have happened. One is that there's now two picks in the first round that are in all these mock drafts, and now there's even more of a reason to uh, take a wide out in that first with one of those first round mm. picks. So at that point, the wide outs become the number one selection in these mock right. drafts, followed by edge rushers and then defensive backs at twenty four percent. And but then here in the last week, it's changed a little bit. Now pass rushers are getting more of the picks. The wide receivers still getting a lot. The defensive backs about the same. But it's interesting to see how this has changed um, as uh, as you know the situations change. You know, people have finally caught on to the fact that the the Chiefs have brought in some free agents like Juju and uh, Marquez uh, to fill some of the need they have at wide receiver. And by having all these guys, they might be able to be a dangerous team even without Tyreek Hill. And then they've also noticed, oh, but they've got this real problem on on as for edge rushers, rushers that they haven't really addressed in the off season, as, yeah. as many Kansas city fans have
1: noticed. I think Ingram is back. I, I, I think they're, they're waiting. The Ingram camp is waiting until the draft is over again, because the comp pick formula gets thrown out the window. He'll see what his value is in the open market. And then I, I kind of think he comes back to the chiefs. The chiefs will definitely, I think be prioritizing edge and receiver, maybe cornerback in, in the NFL draft. What is interesting about this draft, and this is something that GM's try to avoid is other teams just knowing what direction you're going to go in. <clears throat> this was something that John Dorsey did well. I mean, he drafted well. We Not not great with the contracts, but drafting a year ahead or at least trying to. Whereas right now, I mean, you look at the Chiefs roster, you can clearly see the edge position is a freaking problem. And uh-huh. depth when it comes to receiver, you know, I, I like Hardman. I like MBS. I like Juju. One of those guys goes down. Are we trusting our boy Defoe is Josh Gordon part two. The answer there, like you definitely need to add a receiver in that room. And, and the same can be said in the cornerback room. Again, same thing. I like Snead. I like Fenton. I even like Baker. I, I'm, I have high expectations for Baker coming. What is now going to be over a year after the injury um, that we originally didn't think would be a big deal. But Sam Madison, before he went to Miami was saying it, it kind of has been. So I, I like to see what Baker can do now. That it'll be a year removed from that injury. Uh, but again, again, one of those guys gets injured. You don't know. You don't even know the names of these guys. Like, are we, are we really ready to lean into DiCaprio boodle? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know? And so I, I think that's, uh, tough for a GM to, to figure out. And you gotta be really good about knowing when to trade up and you gotta be really good about your Intel. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, this is something that I remember Dorsey and Veach said after Dorsey left, but the birdies are chirping. Well, they better be listening to what these birdies are saying because they got to put themselves in a position to make sure they get these players of need. And they got to really nail some day one contributors now more than ever. So uh, you can see the mock drafts changing. John, you've done a great job for us. We have a, a headline that you can click on to get all the the mocks that we, we put up um, at ArrowheadPride.com. Let's go to our poll of the day to wrap this bad boy up. And here's what I asked, John. Will any Chiefs wide receiver have more yards than tight end Travis Kelsey this season? How do you think the fan base went on this one? Yes or no? Mm, I'm going to say
2: no. I think they're going to go like you have, thinking uh, Kelsey's going to have a big year this year.
1: I would have thought that it would have been like 95-no, right? Um, It is more no, but it's only 77%. So about a quarter of the Mm. fan base... One in four Chiefs fans believes that one of these receivers will have more yards than Kelsey. I find that hard to believe. I would have never thought it would have went that much for for yes there. But some, that that just goes to show again, and we say it in the polls all the, all the time, right? There's hidden optimism in these fans. When you can, <laughs> right. All the Twitter mentions uh, and you really read the comments, you're like, man, this fan base thinks that. They are gonna
2: suck this year. But, it's the silent uh, majority concept at work again.
1: Yeah. So, 20, yeah, one in four fans really, uh, you know, one in five, I guess you could make a case uh, if you're rounding down. But there's a contingent of the fan base that that feels pretty good about these receivers because if you think they're getting more yards than Kelsey, who you can, you know, it's death taxes and a thousand for Kelsey, then you know you you really <laughs> think that one of these guys is going to emerge. And you know, I, I don't I don't hate you for it. Um, I don't agree with that. I think Kelsey will lead the team in yards, but. Uh, I can understand the, the logic there. Right. Well, I I think that
2: he has in many of these seasons. There's no reason to think he won't continue to do so. I don't think you have as much competition uh, with without Hill on the team. But one of these receivers could surprise us. The Chiefs could end up trading up and getting one of these huge receiving names in the draft. We just don't know how this is going to play out. But as you mentioned, all the the needs the team has. I know a lot of people don't think that the Chiefs will use all of their picks, that they'll trade some of them away. But I think we have to be prepared for the possibility that the Chiefs are going to throw just try and throw numbers at all these problems. And it's possible they could just stand pat and use all these picks. And people say, oh, well, a dozen guys aren't going to make the team. Well, maybe they could. Mm. There's enough holes on the roster that that's distinctly possible. Tri-
1: Trade back, make fifteen picks, fill out the roster right, with all right. draft picks. I've run right. cop, I've Ron cop dish out fifteen greats next week. <laughs> uh, that's what that's what we want. Uh, no, you know, it, you know, we don't really don't know what's going to happen. What I would say is watch the draft from um, about pick eight on because I, you know, I I think they could pop up. I think they could sit they could. tight. I, I you could. know way more exciting than it has been in previous years when uh, Brett Veach decides, yeah, we're just not going to pick in the first round. And you never, you know what, you never freaking know. We could get to Friday mm-hmm. rolling into that presser just like last year. He could say, oh, we don't have anything going on. Five minutes later, he can trade for Orlando Brown. <laughs> Fully anticipate he's going to ship all the ones and the two for DK Metcalf about 1207 on Friday. So that'll be, be good. Just kidding. Everyone relax. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. All right. Well, uh, that's it for our, our Arrowhead Pride Editor show. Hope you enjoyed the program. If you like the Arrowhead Pride Editor show, if you like the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, please leave us a rating and a review. We will always read the review right here on uh, the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, especially if you leave uh, those five stars. We'll keep the draft coverage going Monday and Friday. We have, and we'll announce this at at some point, Steve has a draft draft week bonanza where some of the names that you haven't heard from for a while and the great Brits and showing and BK will be back for the coverage next week and then we'll have reactions to all the picks and everything. It's going to be a big week um, right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. A big week for Arrowhead Pride and uh, .com and social media. Yada yada. You get it. We appreciate you listening to our show. For John Dixon and Stephen Sardine, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show.